Hello everybody, welcome to Rumors, Money, and Movies. I'm your host, James Bastone. A little bit of a delay between the episodes. I've been trying to get them out on Sundays every two weeks. But I've been doing some thinking about the podcast, and I want to update everybody now on my plans going forward for the podcast, as well as what this episode really is. If everyone remembers, last year, I had around a 20-minute episode, Epilogue to Season 2. In my time of doing something about the podcast, a lot of thinking, actually. We're going to make this an epilogue episode 10-15 minutes up to everybody. Now, basically here's the what I was planning on going forward and sort of the updates that I was thinking about. So the first thing is that going forward we're going to have an episode that I'm really excited for, Suicide Squad. Break that down in less than a week's time. Have someone on, basically already mm-hmm. confirmed. Frequent guests of the show, we'll see what happens with that. It's going to be a fun episode for sure. That movie got like a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to do really well and a lot to talk about as well. And the weeks after that, either a week after or two weeks after, we're going to have a really, really good interview, already confirmed, um, a really, really great guest. I'm going to start promoting it now because I really want people to listen to this episode. He works for The Numbers, which is a site I use all the time for the podcast. That's The Numbers. Mm -hmm. That's a podcast site. So I really, really, really am looking forward to that. Really a good opportunity. So I'm very excited for him to come on. Bruce Nash, that's going to be an episode later in August as well. Yeah, late August probably. And then I also have an additional interview I'm working on that was supposed to come out, but then uh, we had to push it back because they had to reschedule. That's with a professor that I'm planning on having. And then another interview in the fall with another person that I'm looking forward to as well, though that's less ingrained, so I don't really want to bring up anything with that. But that should come out in the fall. Additionally, I have a letterboxed which, uh, if many of you don't know, is a website where you can basically write film reviews for films that you've seen, new films, old films, foreign films, uh, American films. It doesn't really matter. There's no really rule on what films you can or cannot talk about. It's Letterbox, like letter, L-E-T-T-E-R, boxed, B-O-X-D. I have that account, and I've been starting to write um, reviews for it. I'm very excited about it because it's actually a good form to get long writing and actually help me also, at the same time, helping with my film writing as a whole, right? Because I write for, you know, I have film writing for school and stuff. Um, my account name is J-A-Jab, J-A-B-N-Y-R-I-C. That's J-A-B-N-Y-R-I-C if you want to check that out. And I've been doing some thinking about whether or not I should just go all in on the letterboxed and stop the Bastogne blurb. I kind of like the Bastogne blurb because that's like a sentence of my thoughts on the film. But I don't know if I should do the letterboxed and the Bastogne blurb, or get rid of the Bastogne blurb, and then just do the letterbox, because I wanted the letterbox. But I'm thinking about whether I keep the Bastogne blurb as well on the podcast. I kind of want to funnel people to my letterbox, but at the same time, help my letterbox funnel people to the podcast. So I have to do something on that. And if you have any thoughts, what you would like, or what you prefer, even if you don't listen, you know, even if you're not going to like really read a lot of it or whatever, like what you just think, like cold, like whatever you think, I'd really appreciate your thoughts on that? Because it's another idea that I've been thinking about for the podcast. I'm not 100% sure what I want to do with that going forward. But again, that's J-A-B-N-Y-R-I-C. I was going to do it Rumors, Noni, and Movies, and then it was like too long and you couldn't change it. So I tried. And the last announcement that I'm going to make on this end is uh, I'm also considering potentially moving back to the studio for the radio show. I'll update everybody if I decide to do that, whether or not 
we have a radio show still or not. I'm considering it. I'm leaning towards maybe, maybe not. So we got to see what happens. But also just giving everybody a heads up on that front. And then finally, if you don't do it already, follow us on Twitter at RMM underscore 901. Again, that's RMM underscore 901. You can follow us there on Twitter. That's our also, that's our main social media platform. We also have an Instagram that I never post on because you can only post on the only way you can post on Instagram is by actually uh, having it on your phone, which I don't have. I deleted it. I don't know. Instagram's stupid, so I might actually start posting on the Instagram as well. And if I start doing that, then I'll I'll start plugging the Instagram as well. But those are the announcements right now. Again, some episodes that I'm really excited for: Letterbox, Twitter, potentially moving back into the radio show studio, which I'm thinking about, but Maybe may not do, so we got to think about that. But just let everybody know, putting all the cards on the table so people know going forward what's planning. And again, this is the epilogue for Season 2. Uh, I'm looking ahead for Season 3, which I think is going to be our biggest season yet. It seemed like a rational stopping point because Season 2 was like 23 episodes and Season 1 was like 20. So it seemed like a rational stopping point to, uh, to have um, the end of the season. Now, the final thing that I want to talk about here very quickly is box office news. It's been somewhat um, not looking great for the box office, especially now with the rise in COVID, which was kind of predictable, but I'm not, that's not what this podcast is about. When we last talked about the, podcast, uh, the box office on the podcast, Black Widow opened with $81 million, won the, bo- won the weekend, largest pandemic opening ever during the pandemic, obviously, and also the largest opening just ever. Pandemic, no pandemic since December 2019, since Rise of the Skywalker. It did fall significantly in its second weekend, 68%. Now, I'm kind of glad we waited to talk about this because now Sculpture Hansen is in in bad blood with Disney because she's saying they didn't properly compensate her for box office tickets, similar to what happened with Wonder Woman 1984. If you remember when Wonder Woman 1984 came out, we were talking about how Gail Gadot and Patty Jenkins, the star actress who plays Wonder Woman and the director of the film, said that they weren't going to get properly compensated because the box office totals of the film, they weren't going to get percentages of that or the royalties that come with the box office results. So then they came out, got compensated in the back end for Warner Brothers, and then they promoted HBO Max and people said they sold out. Like, again, geeks, they're annoying what they're talking about, said they sold out. It's not what happened. They got paid. They got the money they want and they want people to go see their movie. Right now, this is a problem because supposedly now Kevin Foggy's mad at Disney for releasing Black Widow on Disney Plus simultaneously while in theaters because he thinks that limited their ability to make more money at the box office. Again, it made sixty. It, it made $80 billion in its first weekend, dropped 68% in its second weekend, 55% in its third, and 45% in its fourth. For a little bit of context, a good first weekend drop is like 40%. A decent one is 50 A bad one is 70 And then a second weekend drop, a second to third week, you drop 55%. That's really not good. Because the later you go, if you think about it logically, the later you go into the box office life cycle, the less amount of money you're making, meaning you should lose less money week over week, right? If you open at $300 million, of course, you're going to lose 50%. You're not going to get another $300 million. But if you make $10 million and you lose 50%, you're like, mm, that's not great because only $10 million, people's, $10 million we got originally and it's in our fifth weekend. Now, that's not, it's not even at $10 million anymore. It was below $6 million last week. Uh, but we'll see what happens with Black Widow. I don't know if, like, Sergeant is going to court. Though she is done with Marvel, um, for all intents and purposes, so she might not care. She might just be like, I want my money. 
So we'll see what happens. I'm going to monitor the situation. I would not be shocked that at the end of the day, though, MCU, Marvel falls in line. Scarlett Johansson falls in line. They agree to some settlement out of saddle or whatever they give. They throw us some money. And I love seeing these wannabe Hollywood journalists, these reporters being like, it's going to change Hollywood. It's not going to change Hollywood, I don't think at least. Uh, because people are saying, well, maybe stars are going to say, we want our money, but we're not going to get that if it's streaming. But, I mean, logically speaking, can't you just get some of the streaming cut? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Right, but Scarlett Johansson sues Disney. They're gonna, it's going to be a settlement. They, this is not going to court. This is not going to trial. They don't need that. They'll settle and everyone will be... will make their money and it'll be done. Which is fine. Now, also, an interesting subplot here with the box office is Space Jam, July 2016, the week after we talked, opened at $31 million. was a new release. That was pretty high. Everyone was expecting that to bomb. It didn't. Escape Room 2, the sequel to the original Escape Room, got $8 million. That kind of was okay for that. But Safe Stream way overperformed. Then, though, in its second weekend, last week, it actually got, it crashed 69%. So you kind of see how we're getting a lot of 68, 69% crashes in the first weekend of release, the second weekend of release. The first to second weekend release. That's important to keep in mind with about what I'm what, with what I'm about to say, right? So you have that going on. Then the weekend after that, you had old open the M Night Shyamalan movie that opened, that got okay reviews, and Snake Eyes GI Joe Origins was bombed, which I said was gonna bomb. Everyone knew it was gonna bomb. We all knew it was gonna bomb. The only people that didn't know it was gonna bomb was no one. Old won the weekend at sixteen million, almost seventeen million. Snake Eyes finished second at $13 million. Last week, they both fell. Collectively, Snake Eyes fell 70%. Uh, old fell 60%. So you see how a lot of these films are losing 60 to 70% of their market share in week one? Now, that's not necessarily a, a sign that that's like the only possibility for these films. But when you're opening either... Below expectations, specifically last week, was a very big below expectations weekend. No one really hit their predicted goals. I'm using the numbers for this example, but even other predictions. Black Widow dropped more than expected. Space Jam dropped more than expected. Snake Eyes bombed again. And, and, so, and Old kind of opened decently, but not as good maybe as it could have. But again, we're going to have to think about is this more of the Olympics COVID or is this just more people don't want to go back to theaters? No, but the Olympics have all-time rating lows, so I don't know if it's really the Olympics. The only reason I bring that up is because this week, Jungle Cruise got $34 million, which I'm shocked. I don't know anybody who was going to... I don't know one person who's going to see Jungle Cruise. A lot of numbers that I saw were around $20 million, which it absolutely blew by, which I'm actually surprised... Because I don't really know what the target demographic for this is. I guess it's kids, but it's PG-13. Um, and that's and this film stars Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt in the, in the main roles. Paul Giamatti is also there and Jesse Plemons is also there. And it's directed by Jermaine jo- Colesera, who's also going to direct Black Adam with Dwayne, The Rock. He's coming back to fight Roman Reigns in WWE, by the way. But the reason why... Everyone's kind of shocked about Jungle Cruise because it got $34 million on 
domestic, and then another thirty million on Disney Plus. Now it's gonna have probably not long legs at all, but the numbers predicted it at at seventeen million, and I saw and I saw other sites pick it somewhere near uh, that as well. So I I'm, I guess that's somewhat surprising that it it got that much. It's also probably not going to have the best legs in the world because, for example, Black Widow, for all it made, is going to probably cap around $400 million. Space Jam, for all it made, is lucky if they get $150 um, well, These other films, lucky if they get to $100 million, if that. So, I, I mean, it's not great f- overall for Jungle Cruise. Obviously, Jungle Cruise is based off a Disney Park ride, so... This is the playbook of Pirates of the Caribbean, the Haunted Mansion, things like that. But I don't read too much into it because I think this is just, of anything, it's good news for Suicide Squad that opens next week, which I have high expectations for. I think it's going to do better than this film. And somewhere between this film and Black Widow, probably around, this is just a shot in the dark, but maybe $60 million. Maybe more than that. I think that's the benchmark that they would want to hit. I mean, I'm going to go see it, and I think a lot of other people can go see it. But it's also on HBO Max. How much does that hurt the film? And a really good indicator for Suicide Squad to follow up on that point is the fact that it made $7 million in foreign, in a preview of the foreign market. It didn't open everywhere, but only opened in five markets on 2,400 screens. It got $4.7 million in the UK, which is 47 percent ahead of Jungle Cruise and 24 percent of Birds of Prey so that's really good news for for Suicide Squad we'll see like how it does going forward obviously because it still is open in a lot of international markets and the United States but I have high hopes for that film additionally the clip opening I don't know if I said this but Jungle Cruise opened around around 10 15 percent above expectations upwards of 25 percent so that's good however uh, it still hasn't opened in China as well. And then you have piracy concerns with anything releasing on a streaming service. So that's just a tie bow on the international market. So they didn't open in China, but also Disney Plus, does everyone buying it on? How many people are buying it on Disney Plus are from the United States? Now, another film that did really well above expectations was The Green Knight. It made about $7 million, finished number two in the weekend, which is... Actually, really, 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 really good for the Green Knight because it's an indie film made released by A twenty four with not a ton of buzz and not like a really a great, great cast. A good cast. Dave Patel is the star, and it's based off Garwin and the Green Knight, which is a very famous book, medieval age story about King Arthur and the Round Table and things like that. What I will say about this is, is that. It's a specialty box office, only was in 2,700 theaters compared to 4,300 from Jungle Cruise, and did pretty damn well, all things considered. So that's also good, really good news with Jungle Cruise overperforming, pretty good news with Green Knight overperforming, and then like, and news with some te- with some people falling off, but then another really good speck of news with Suicide Squad doing really well in previews. So I think that the box office is looking up, but again, this all matters about, okay, now how, how well does The Matrix do? How well does Spider-Man no Way Home do? How well does Venom Let There Be Connors do? How well does Dune? How well does all these other films that are releasing later on in September, October, November, and December, this is 
we're seeing right now. This is the new market, right? This is the new market with streaming, with POVD, with the coronavirus, with all these other stuff. How long is this sort of cycle going to stay? Is it permanent or is it also kind of somewhat permanent, right? And that's what I think you're going to see more films potentially move. For example, uh, Clifford, a film that was going to release by Paramount, got moved already. That was going to release in August. So we'll see what happens going forward with what films do what. But again, I just want to have this mini podcast to talk about the box office, kind of lay the seeds for our big box office discussion with Bruce Nash, and additionally just tie a, roll, tie a nice little bow on season two of Rumors, Money, and Movies. So again, thank you. For listening, follow us on Twitter at rmm underscore 901. Check out the letterbox. That's J-A-B-N-Y-R-I-C. That's our letterbox. And again, thanks so much for listening and have a great rest of your day.